dear Father, we thank you again for your presence in our midst. Thank you for our declaration by faith that you are able and that we will not give up. That which you have promised, you have the ability to bring to pass. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence. And because you, divine trinity, you are here, we believe the hosts of heaven are here to attend to each and every one of us. Please continue to bless us. Continue to keep us. For this we pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Say a better amen. amen. Welcome somebody to church as you take your seat. I welcome those of us in the sanctuary this morning and also our online family. It is my prayers that you'll be richly blessed today in Jesus' name. Uh, once again, please put your hands together as we appreciate the choir and, and the band. Thank you so very much. I'll be taking my Bible reading from 1 Samuel chapter 17, 26 through to 32. 1 Samuel 17 from verse 26 through to 32. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. Verse 28. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the people, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down, that thou mayest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him towards another, and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Amen. There are so many lessons we can learn from the story I just read. But we're going to focus our attention to the title of this message as we go through the story. And the title of this message is Know Your Worth. Know Your Worth. Human worth and potentials are meant to be expressed in such a way that other people can benefit thereof. The awareness of your worth should reflect in your social life. It should reflect in your corporate life. It should even reflect in your spiritual life. However, the worth you place on other people will be determined by the worth and value you place on yourself. Because you come first. In fact, the value and worth you place on God will reflect in the way you give to God. In the way you serve God. 
It will reflect in the way you praise, in the way you worship God. And in the way you see the man of God, in the way you see and evaluate the people of God, it will showcase in the way you value and worth yourself. Shout hallelujah, somebody. You may not have appeared in the Forbes magazine, a magazine where the wealthy have been displayed, yet your worth as a Christian surpasses all the glamour of riches all put together. Your worth as a Christian surpasses them. Hence, your worth should first and foremost start by the realization of who you are in Christ. For Christ in you is the hope of glory. Because your worth and your value was established on the cross. And when others look down on you, I want you to say to yourself, looking at yourself at the mirror and say, God valued me so much that he thought it was worth dying for me. That is the value God placed on you that he, he could afford to allow his son to die for you. So when people look down on you, please remind yourself that I'm so worthy that God decided to die for me. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Know your worth. Listen to me. Your worth is the amount of God inside of you. Look at your neighbor and say to him, my worth is the amount of God inside of me. Come on, say it as though you mean it. Your worth, your worth is the amount of God that is inside of you. And also, your contribution to life. That is your worth. Whatsoever you are contributing to life, that is your worth. Hmm. Shout hallelujah, somebody. So the question is, child of God, are you making any positive impact in this generation? Can somebody trace their success story to you? If yes, then you are of a tremendous value. Please keep it up. Keep adding value to life. Keep affecting people positively. Shout hallelujah. Let your family, let those around you, those that interact with you, let them see you as an asset and not a liability. Please, don't become a liability. Don't allow people to block your number because you are disturbing them. Let people be excited that, oh, here he's calling. There must be good news. Oh, yes, he's calling. There must be something viable. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Know your worth. And the story we read, let me look at two verses there. And when the words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul the king, and he, the king, sent for him, David. And David said to Saul, with all boldness and assurance, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Don't hide your worth. Please, don't hide your worth. Let people know what you are capable of doing. Do not hide your light under the bush and display your worth not in arrogancy. Display your worth because you want people to be worthy. You want to better the lives of people. Let people know your worth. Let people know what you can do. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Because the way you carry yourself, 
the way you talk about yourself will be based on how you value and worth yourself. Listen to me. It is your sole responsibility to evaluate who you are because nobody is going to do it for you. You should know who you are. David knew who, who he was and he showed up. And the first question he asked when he showed up, he, he, he found that everybody was in hiding. And he found out that it was Goli that was terrorizing. A terrorist, one man riot terrorist called Goliath. And David stepped up in the midst of all the armies of Israel and said, listen, I, I love David, a businessman. He said, what, what is, if I kill this man, what will be my gain? And they told him, you're going to marry the king's daughter. I said, ah, that is a good deal. Tell the, when he stood before his father-in-law to be, he said, listen, don't allow your heart to fail you. I know you are in hiding, but I will go and fight. If you know the worth of your family, you will fight for your family. It is possible for a father to run away and abandon his children because he doesn't know their worth. It is possible for a wife to run away from her, her children, a mother running away from her children because she just does not know their worth. David said, I will fight. A lot of us will push our spouse to the firing line of the family members. Push them to your family for them to be beating them off. <laughs> oh my God. You know your family better than your wife. You know your family better than your husband. How come you are pushing your spouse to your family to nonsense their lives? David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that you should defile the army of the living God? I will fight. Anyone that tries to pull my God down, I will fight. You join unbelievers to talk down on the pastor. You do. You join unbelievers to talk down on God. You do. And the people you are talking down your God with, they don't talk down their demons. Because they know that if you talk about their demons, demons will beat you silly. You will always be relevant when you have something to offer. You always be at the front line when you have something to offer. No wonder. Proverbs 22, 29. Proverbs 22, 29. It says, see a man diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings and not before mean men. And shall not stand before mean men. Young David knew his worth. Young David knew his potentials and what he was capable of doing at any given time. No wonder he was willing to put his life on the line to defend his people, the Israelites. Know your worth. You see, anytime you come across something that you have the ability and the resources to do, please go ahead and do it. <laughs> Let me rephrase it. Anytime you find something that you have the ability and the capability and the resources to do, please go ahead and do it. Whether in the church, whether in your home, anywhere you find that this thing has to be done and you have the ability and the strength to do it, please do it. So question, which one is better? Get the list from Madame and go to Walmart. Or follow Madame to Walmart and do the shopping. Which one is easy? Follow Madame. I humbly disagree. Because when I follow my own Madame, if I enter the first place I look for where there is a chair, One day at Walmart, 
I met a man sitting somewhere on a chair. So I sat beside him. <laughs> so he looked at me. I looked at him. We laughed. I said, I know why you are laughing. He said, I know why you are laughing. <laughs> because they will go to the same thing they bought last week. They will still go there and they will be looking at the price. <laughs> why are you looking at, madam? Don't put me into trouble. Oh. So I think it's better get the list. <laughs> Just go there, one, two, three, four, five, pram, and out you go. <laughs> but they will go there to buy one thing. Even yesterday, <laughs> my daughter was asking, madam, but you say you're going to buy one thing. We were pushing the cart. Ah, John, take time more. Take time. <laughs> Anytime you find something worth doing and you have the resources and the capability to do it, go ahead and do it. That is what people who know their worth and potentials do. I will hyphenate these two words. Please be used. I finite fool. Don't be used. I finite less. So I don't want to use the useless because you are not useless. But you can be used less if you don't portray your potentials and your worth and your ability. There are a lot of you here. You can do a lot for God, but we don't know. And you know. Not David. David could have showed up in the battlefield and just sneaked out because his age mate were not there. But he saw a need. He saw a need that he has the ability and the resources to meet. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Hear me, church. Don't leave what you can do today until tomorrow. Because nobody is promised tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. And that's why Galatians 6 verse 10. Galatians 6 verse 10. It says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. David did not wait till the next day. He stepped out and placed his life on the line so that he can remove the shame and the reproach upon the children of God. Listen, bro, what is the benefit of having that money in your bank account when your brother is suffering? Not for not because of laziness, but something did not just work out and he can't pay his rent. Why must you tell that brother, oh, let's pray. God will provide. God will provide. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, bro. It is, it is well. It is well. Shh. The Bible says when you do that, when you have money in your pocket, what is money doing? Money is to be spent. Anytime there's a need to spend money, spend that money. Another one will come back there. For who cast your bread upon the waters after many days, it will come swollen. That's what the Bible is saying. That is my wife's principle and motto. Money is to be spent. When there is a need, meet that need. And the God who meets all needs will meet you at the point of your needs. That is what those that know their worth do. Pastor has a need. Meet it. Oh, you think I'm joking? E Elijah showed up and told the widow of Zarephath, make mine first. I am more hungry. Make mine first. No, let's jump that play. I don't like the way you're looking at me. <laughs> David stepped out in order to remove shame and reproach. He placed his life on the line because of how he valued 
the people of God. Jesus placed his life on the line because of how he valued you and I. Question. Do you know the worth of your spouse? Do you know the worth of your children? Do you know the worth of your family? Family man, do you know the worth of your family? That woman left her parents and joined hand with you. You became her husband. That man received you with all your bag. Uh, hallelujah. <laughs> and he received you. And you became his wife. Do you value? Do you know the worth of that commitment? If you do, you will sacrifice because your sacrificing and sacrifices depend on how you value and what things. Hallelujah, somebody. Do you value what God has used you to put together? God used you to put that relationship together. God used you to put that marriage together. Husband, wife, do you value what God has used you to put together? It is not easy to put a marriage together, but God used you to put it together. Nourish it. Relationship is like a baby. Marriage is like a baby. Ministry is like a baby. Your source of income is like a baby. Your capability and ability, they are like babies. Babies need to be nurtured. A baby that is not nurtured, it's a matter of time that baby will die. Nurture your marriage because your marriage is like a baby. Nurture your wife. She's like a baby. She's a baby. Nurture your husband. He's like a baby. Wife is baby. Husband is baby. So there must be somebody who is an adult, an adult there now. But you know what I'm talking about. A relationship that is not nurtured is a matter of time. It will crash land. Both should put hands together as to nurture the relationship if you value and worth it. Know your worth. Look at your neighbor and say, Pastor Sia, I should ask you, do you know your worth? Shout hallelujah. It is high time that we begin to think more about the destinies of our children. The Bible says in Proverbs 13 and verse 12, uh, 22, Proverbs 13, 22, it says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. What you leave behind may not be monetarily, it may not be properties, but at least you should leave behind integrity. You should leave behind sincerity. For your children, you should leave behind godliness. You should leave behind a good name. Proverbs 22 verse 1. Proverbs 22 verse 1. It says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And loving favor rather than silver and gold. Listen to me. The way you value and worth your family will be determined by what you are willing to leave behind. What are you sacrificing as a father? As a husband? As a mother? As a wife? What are you sacrificing? As someone still living at home, still living with your parents, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you sacrificing? Are your parents still chasing you around to keep your bedroom tidy? Hallelujah. 
please be an asset and not a liability. As a member of this great church, what are you doing to uplift the name of the Lord? What are you doing in that department? Financially, what are you doing to uplift the name of the Lord in this church? Know your worth. Hallelujah. Quickly, we are going to look at some key points when it comes to knowing your worth. Key point number one, have a positive self-image. Have a positive self-image. Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Self-esteem is confidence in one's worth and abilities. And Christ on your side, you can do all things. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Knowing your worth should start from being comfortable with who, with who you are. Being comfortable with who you are. Being comfortable with your ascent. If you can't change it, leave it. Because some of you trying to change your ascent, we don't even know whether you are speaking... Whether you are speaking English or you are speaking your dialect... Leave it. Tell your brother, tell your sister sitting by say, leave it like that. <laughs> leave it. So we can understand what you're saying. Be comfortable with who you are. I've been in America now. <laughs> this is the 20th year. My, see, my... Be comfortable with your color. Be comfortable with your height. Be comfortable. Be at peace with who you are. That is the starting point of knowing your worth. And I'll keep telling you. I'll keep telling you. Be comfortable with. That is the starting point of knowing your worth. Therefore, you should have a self-positive image. Something positive about yourself. That Christ by your side you can do all things because no one will love you more than you love you. Familiar grammar. Nobody can love you more than you love you. The way you worth yourself, that's how people will worth you. In fact, somebody went a step further and said, you'll be addressed by the way you dress. That's why you don't just dress for dressing sake. You want people to address you the way you dress. You don't want people to look at you as a wayward person based on how you dress. So you must dress gorgeously because you know your worth. Hallelujah, somebody. Shout hallelujah, somebody. In 1 Samuel 17, I'll rush this now, 29 through to 30. 1 Samuel 17, 29 and 30. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a curse? And he turned from him towards another. That was David. There is no stopping for anyone who knows his own worth and ability. There is no stopping. Not Goliath, not Saul, not Eliab could stop David. Therefore, don't allow anyone to stop you. From doing what you know God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Don't allow anyone to stop you from doing that which is right. Also, don't allow anyone to pressure you in doing that which is wrong. Because it is the norm of the society. Please. David simply walked away from his elder brother because he were not on the same page. Shout hallelujah. And what was it he did? When he left his elder brother, he did not go back home. He went to other people that need solution to the problem on hand. You will always have people that will team up with you to do the right thing. Don't be discouraged because people are discouraging you from doing the right thing. There will always be one person that will say, yes, I am thinking that way too. Team up with that person. That's what David did. 
Therefore, you should be a solution to challenges. Don't add to it. When you find a problem, be a solution. Get one or two people that think alike. That this thing, this chair is supposed to be the other way. But is people had come to me in this church and say, Pastor, we think this and this and this should be done. And most times they are thinking the way I'm thinking. So don't have, what's wrong with them in this church? What's wrong with everybody in this church? Oh, so is in this church not your church? Please be a solution to every challenge. Be, almost try to be an answer to that question. See how it can be done. There are people, workers and ministers in this church, they say, Pastor, we got your back. There's a challenge, but just face your prayer and your Bible study. We'll take care of it. And they have done that over and over and over again. This is our church. Give seven people a hard high five and say, do something. This is our church. This is our home church. This is our church. This is our home church. Have a positive image. A positive self-image. Number two, you are unique. Look at your neighbor and say, you are unique. You are different from me. You are unique. This fact of your uniqueness must be settled in your heart. There is no one just like you. You are unique. You are special. You are unique and different. With all the abilities of getting things done and getting it done well. You are beautifully and wonderfully and specially made after the similitude of God. You must know that you are what? You are unique. Don't expect everybody to think like you. Don't, allow, don't, don't expect everybody to talk like you. Oh, if, if it was me, this is what I'm going to do. You, you are not me now. Do it the way God is leading you to do, provided you are not causing trouble. David was not causing trouble. He wanted to do it the right way to remove shame and reproach. When people know that all you want to do is to glorify God and not to be conceited and you want to bring all your attention to yourself, they will team up with you. Hallelujah, somebody. Judges 9, 8, and 9. Judges 9, 8, and 9. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them. And they said unto the olive tree, Reign thou over us. But the olive tree said unto them, Should I leave my fatness, wherewith by me they honor God and man, and go and be promoted over the trees? I will advise you to read this whole chapter. Both the olive tree, the fig tree, and the vine tree knew their worth. And they refused to leave their duty post. Know your worth. Know what God has called you to do. And go ahead and get it done. Focus on what God has called you to do. Oh my God. Don't allow people... To push you here and there. Don't allow what people say to you. What people are doing to you. To stop you from doing what God wants you to do. I don't know how I'm going to say this. David walked away from his eldest brother. Because they were not on the same page. Ah, the people are, ah, people, ah, I told you people are people including church people. How can we leave what God, what God is using us? Sarah, how can we leave our fatness whereby God is glorified, whereby man is glorified, and go and be king over trees? No way. The only one that agreed was a brabble, tons, useless tree. Some of you, God is using you to bless people in this church. And just because something just flipped, just pick your Bible and say, I'm out of here. 
It's because you don't know your worth. You don't know what God is using you to do. I became a Christian 47 years ago. And I knew right there that I wasn't going to be a general overseer. I knew I was going to be a support arm to the church of God. When I was in deeper life, I was a support arm. There's a singing group called the Assurance Voices. When I showed up there, I was a support arm. From there, I joined another group called Calvary Witnessing Group. It was an evangelical group. We go to the typical part of, the, of, of Lagos, of, 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 of the western Nigeria, as it were. Typical. They don't speak English. I mean, I was a support arm. Then from there, I joined another singing group called the Regenerated Singers. We started it. Today is the praise team in Nigeria. I was a support arm. Then 42 years ago, I became a member and a worker of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. I knew I wasn't going to be a general overseer. I was a support arm. Do you know what God has called you to do? They discouraged me in many ways, but I was focused because I knew what God has called me to do. I meant to mentor people. I meant to support people. I meant to groom people so that when Jesus comes, they will be rapturable after I'm raptured together with them. If I preach to others and I cast away, I am of all men the most miserable. So as I'm going, you will go with me. That's what Paul said. Follow me as I do what? As I follow Christ. You will not be left behind. In the name of Jesus. Let your amen sound like thunder. When you align your life with what God wants you to do. Oh my God. Let me rush. Victory is always yours. David told King Saul, don't allow any man's heart to fail. I am here to solve this, the, the, the problem. I'm here. Just because I'm here, it's done. Can people be comfortable when you show up in the midst of calamity? Will people be comfortable when they see you approaching the situation? Can your husband say, Madam, it's okay? And you say, Oh, my husband said it is okay. It is okay. I, I, I wanted to shout. My husband said, I got it. Be quiet. Oh, my husband got my back. Oh, you're that woman. When husband says it's okay, say, okay. Where's the okay here? No, you don't do that. Always be a solution. Always be a solution. Number three. Have a positive self-image. You are unique. Number three, you are an asset. You are what? An asset. There was a story in 2 Samuel 23, 15 and 16. 2 Samuel 23, uh, 15 and 16. All of a sudden, the Bible said David was in the garrison of the Philistines. In a stronghold. I didn't know what came upon David. He just said something out of the blue. He said, oh, I wish I can drink of the water by the well of Bethlehem, by the gate of Bethlehem. And three men heard. He didn't say go. They just heard, say, our God want the water from the well, and we have to cross the garrison of the Philistines. They went, actually, and they brought the water and said, Dave, here is the water. And David looked at the water and said, wow, this is blood. This is the life of those who jeopardize their lives. You know why? God, God is a rewarder because he's a recorder. David put his life on the line to solve the problem of the Israelites. So when he needed something, three men put their lives on the line to give to him what he needed. That is what happens when you are an asset. God will cause people to be asset to you. Because, because, because you are an asset, other people are assets too. So asset begets asset. 
So as you are saying, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. There are people, the Bible said, they gathered together day by day. Their agenda was how to help David. The reason he placed his life on the line. It's a win-win situation, bro. It's a win-win situation, sis. When you become an asset to people, people will become an asset to you. I'm not, I'm not arrogant. I don't want to. I'm not considered. But I'm just telling you that because I am an asset to people in the time past, during my birthday, people were saying things that I've forgotten that I ever did. But you know what? God is a recorder. That's why he's a rewarder. You might have done things that people have forgotten. Keep on doing what you are doing. Because a time is coming. That asset is coming your way. That is God for you. That's why you, know, you have to know your worth. Know what you're capable of doing. Know your potentials. And display them in such a way that people can benefit from it. Look at your neighbor and say, hmm, you look like an asset. And you are an asset. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Shout hallelujah, somebody. You are an asset. The Bible says in, 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 in Isaiah 43 verse 4, Isaiah 43 4, it says, Since thou hast been precious in my sight. That means since you have been an asset in my sight. Since you have been so useful in the life of the people of God. It says, thou have been honorable and have loved thee, therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Listen to me, as long as you are an asset in the hands of God, you are trying to get God's back as it were. You don't want anything to suffer in God's house. In the ministry that God has called you, you just want things done decently and in order. It says, listen, protection is certain. Have a positive self-image. You are unique, number two. Number three, you are an asset. Then the final one with this, I will close. You shall finish well. So as having self-image, positive one, you are unique, you are an asset, then the next thing you should be telling yourself I shall finish well. I shall finish well. I shall finish well. I shall finish well. And that's what 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my curse. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. After evaluating your worth, finishing well should be the topmost pursuit as you journey through this life. This present life is not our bus stop. We are pilgrims on our way to the promised land. Therefore, leaving the legacy behind should also be your watchword because whether you realize it or not, people are following you. <laughs> whether, listen, I, this is humanity for you. Whether you are doing bad or good, there are people that are following you. So that's why leaving a legacy behind, if it's other tariffs, that should be a priority for you. Do you know your worth? Have you evaluated your worth? Have you evaluated your resources? Have you been doing what God wants you to do with your resources, with your worth? The Forbes magazine already display the worth of people. At times it's like, who is number one, who is number two? But you know what? Being a child of God surpasses all that because God counts you worthy and he decided to die for you. Do you know your worth? Shall we rise?
So whether you know it or not, whether you agree with me or not, there are people following you. Please don't discourage them by the way you live. Don't allow anyone to say, yes, if sister so-and-so can do it, even though it's bad, I, I can do it also. Don't let, that is not a good worth. Don't discourage those that are following you in any way, in any form. Don't do what Eliab, David's elder brother was doing, discouraging him. Always remember that being a child of God is the biggest resources and worth that's why Jesus Christ was speaking in Matthew 16, 26 and 27. He says, For what is a man profited if he, gain, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels and then it shall reward every man according to his words. So I want us to pray. For those of us, your worth is just you have money in the bank. Your worth is that, well, you have a profitable career. You are, you are in, in the six-figure income earning that is good. But Jesus Christ just said, what will it profit you if you lose your soul? Paul said, if I preach to all men and I cast away, he said, I'm of all men the most miserable. So, knowing your worth is that there is a Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. So, if you're in the house, you know you're not born again. You don't worth anything, honestly. You're a piece of bread in the hands of the devil. And when you die, you end up in hell. What's, what's the worth there? What was the enjoyment there? Whilst you can have the worldly worth and have the spiritual worth and you are just using your worldly substance and resources to better the lives of people and, and push forward the kingdom of God, that is life. And after you end up here, you see end up in enjoyment forever. That is life. So if you're in the house, you know you're not born again. You want nothing as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. You are, you are, you are, you are just empty, Barry. You are just empty. You are a means meat to the kingdom of darkness because you only have resources that can fly away. Are you watching? Are you following this service online? You know you are not born again. What a time to just bow your head and say, Father, please have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. If you're here, you know you're not born again. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. I accept you today as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Please look up. I know from the slots that we have in this morning's uh, service, uh, we have one hour that we're going to pray. But I just, I know some of us, for one reason or another, we may not be able to wait. I just want us to pray some prayers, just about two or three prayers, short, short ones, before we, we continue. Now, please look up, I beg you. That woman that you call your wife is so she's so worthy before God that God decided to die for her. That husband of yours, that man you call your husband, so worthy that God decided to die for him. How dare you treat him like a trash? How dare you treat that woman as a trash? What gives you that audacity that you can treat her any way you like? What gives you that leverage that you can treat her or treat him any way you like? He says, listen, I am coming to give to every man according to his works. God is a recorder. That woman, she is worthy. That man, 
worth him high, worth her high. Because she's a child of God. She may be your wife. She's a daughter of the most high. That husband may be your husband. He's the son of the most high. Treat him, treat her with care. Because she or he is fearfully made after the similitude of God. Value people. Value people. Don't run down people. So you're just going to pray and say, Father, grant me the grace to treat my husband, to treat my wife the way I ought to treat precious ornament. You loved her so much that you died for her. She's so worthy. She worth being dying for. He worth being dying for. Please help me to cherish this great resources in the place of my wife that you have blessed me with. Prayer number two. Please grant me the opportunity. That is a prayer number two. Grant me the opportunity to use my worth and my resources to better the lives of everyone that should. But David was willing to put his life on the line so that he can take away shame and reproach. Father God, help me to use my worth, to use my position, to use my resources to take away shame and reproach from the lives of people. Number three, say, Lord, when you come to collect the church, please don't allow me to be found wanting. Don't allow me to be found wanting. When you come with your holy angels to reward every man according to his works, please don't allow me to be found wanting. In Jesus' name we pray. And so, Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity given unto us to hear your word from this altar, this holy altar. Please help us as we live through this life to continue to value our lives, to continue to reevaluate our lives so that we can use the resources that you have blessed us with, so that you can use our potentials like David did, to better the lives of people. And let it start from our homes. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Say better amen.